attachment styles is basically a theory in psychology. It's, an, it's a theory of how people attach to one another. Okay, so it's that little string that is an attachment that you have with another individual, but pretty much where it starts from. So it's based on the attachment from your parents to yourself and then from yourself to another individual. The attachment that you have from your parents will determine the type of attachment you will have with other people throughout your adult life. Now, the purpose of this video is because I want to also explain how attachment styles correlates with narcissism, codependency, sociopathy, psychopathy. The type of attachment that you have with your caregivers will determine the type of attachment you're going to have with someone else, whether it's throughout your teenage years or in your adult life. But the way if we look at it, how narcissists are, how codependents are, how sociopaths are, it's all based on a certain type of attachment that they have received from their caregivers. So however way you look at it, and if you look at my other videos, you'll notice how I correlate the type of relationship that narcissists and codependents have with their caregivers. The caregivers are primarily responsible for attaching to their children and, you know, and, and helping them to attach to other people within their future. Now, as we learn with narcissism, there are no specifics. There isn't a general narcissist. You have the main types and then you have subtypes. It's the same thing with attachment styles. The four main types of attachment styles we have are secure attachment, avoided dismissive attachment, anxious, insecure or preoccupied attachment and disorganized. Now, the type of attachment that we have determines most of our personality. It's all based on how our parents attach to us and that determines how we attach to other people in either if it's relationships or friendships. Now, what I wanna do in this video is I just kinda of wanna go over each attachment style to kinda of give a more clear understanding and if possible, correlated with what it is we've been learning so far, which is about narcissism, codependency, sociopathy, and psychopathy. Furthermore, if you want to learn more about your attachment style, if you familiarize yourself with the ones that I'm going to mention, there are websites where you can take personality quizzes and you can determine um, what your attachment style is. I wouldn't link them, but at the end of the day, I think it would be best if you guys go based on what's comfortable for you, okay? And I have done one myself. About a year ago, I did one myself when I found out about my codependency issues, and I had learned that I had insecure, anxious attachment style. That's more common with codependents. We're going to get more into that in the video. But I just wanted to mention that if you guys want to know more about it, there are websites where you can definitely check that out and look more into it. I think it's important, but attachment styles determine how we will connect to other people on emotional levels, mental levels, even intimate levels. Now, the first attachment style we have is secure. And secure attachment style says it all in its name. It says, I'm comfortable. I have little to no anxiety, okay? I'm comfortable depending on my partner and I'm comfortable with my partner depending on me. I don't fear abandonment. I don't fear intimacy. I don't fear communication. I believe in secure, honest communication. I believe in listening 
and I believe in expression, expressing myself. I am secure within myself that I am not worried about abandonment. I'm not worried about rejection. I am totally secure with however way the situation pans out. My security is pretty much set whether I have someone or not. I'm emotionally independent and available. Now, people of secure attachment styles are comfortable in being in warm, loving, emotionally filled relationships, okay? They are okay with autonomy, meaning that if you're with someone who has a secure attachment style, they're okay with you if you need, you know, with you needing your space, as well as they're okay with you needing them to rely on them. They're secure within themselves that they can provide that kind of support for you. People of secure attachment style are empathic people. They're trusting. They're forgiving people. They are pretty much secure within themselves. Any type of situation that arises in a relationship with someone of a secure attachment will be a level and steady one because they will manage to create a dynamic where it's, we're going to work this out. We're going to figure this out. That's what it is. Com basically compiling security. Those of secure attachment believe in communicating emotions openly and honestly. And they're also attuned to their partner's needs, their partner's desires. They believe in compromise. When it comes to conflicts, they're not overly reactive when it comes to relationship issues. And they do believe in conflict resolution. They do not like to avoid conflict as it can lead to bigger problems. They're very sensitive in their ways, very nurturing people, and they believe in fairness. Parents of secure attachment when it comes to their children, they're very attuned to their children. They're very nurturing. They're creating the healthy dynamic for their children to have love, empathy, security. That is basically what it is to be a secure person in a secure dynamic with a healthy dynamics when it comes to their caregivers. That is secure attachment. Now, the next attachment style you have is avoidant attachment. And avoidant attachment are people who are, they believe in independence and having their freedom, okay? They fear getting close to others for lack of trust because their caregivers, when they were younger, when they were babies, their caregivers kind of, you can say, abandoned them not completely, but they abandoned them in the sense that they didn't tend to their needs like a caregiver should, therefore making the child have to be self-sufficient at a very early age. So because they feel that they could not trust their own parents in their parents wouldn't even attach to them on an emotional level, on a nurturing level, they felt the need to be self-sufficient on their own by themselves. So when it comes to intimacy, it's a big red flag for them because they fear it. Now, avoidance find it difficult to trust and depend on others, and they prefer others not depend on them. So if they were to get into a relationship with someone, and let's just say it's someone of a secure attachment or even a codependent person, the level of need that the partner would have is considered too much for the avoidant person because they fear intimacy. They fear getting close to people and it makes them very uncomfortable. So if you are dealing with someone who has an avoidant attachment, 
your level of what your expectations are would be considered too much for them. Even if you're being sensible and reasonable about it, it would still be considered too much for them because you're relying on them, you're depending on them. And since they don't know how to handle it, they'll become even more avoidant. Now, avoidance will keep their partners at arm's length, especially when it comes to intimacy and closeness. They look at intimacy and closeness as someone trying to take away their freedom. They prefer autonomy before they ever really get deeply involved in a relationship. So if you are making suggestions or, or you're making requests, someone of an avoidant attachment will take that as you're trying to take away their freedom. You're trying to control them in a situation. Communication with an avoidant is more intellectual. They're not comfortable discussing emotions. They're not comfortable getting in the emotional sector of the relationship. They are aloof. They prefer alone time over togetherness. And if it is going to be a form of togetherness, it's on their terms. It's when they feel comfortable, where they feel comfortable. Parents of avoidant attachment styles are pretty much disengaged from their children emotionally, and they can then create avoidant children, which correlates, for me, it correlates with narcissism because narcissism, as we've learned, is where the parents don't have that emotional attachment with their children. So because they don't have that emotional attachment with their children, their children have to pretty much be emotionally independent, but not in a secure, positive way. They're emotionally independent in that I can't even rely on my own parents. I just got to fend for myself. I just got to be about myself and I have to do for myself. You see the similarities? I really strongly believe narcissistic people, and it's probably a factor that they suffer from avoidant dismissive attachment. The parents were avoidant dismissive in emotions, in nurturing, and it was passed on to their children. That's the creation of a narcissist. When they get to that extent where they feel like I can't rely on anybody, so nobody better rely on me, that is being selfish, of course, because it's about them. This is where that whole, they're all about themselves term comes to mind because they're completely avoidant on anything emotional. The next attachment style is anxious or preoccupied attachment. Now, this particular type of attachment is low on avoidance, but high in anxiety because someone of anxious attachment style is someone who craves closeness. They crave that togetherness. They're very insecure in relationships for fear of abandonment, fear of rejection. They constantly fear that their partner does not love them. They fear certain things, especially when they're not getting any validation in a relationship. Now, this is where codependents fall in place under anxious attachment style. Because as we learn, codependents were abandoned emotionally and in some cases physically, but more so emotionally. So they're basically trying to grasp on to any kind of closeness they can get from someone else. Now, people of anxious attachment style had very inconsistent attachment with their caregivers. 
And that I mean the parent was here one minute, then gone, then back here again, then gone. And it was a back and forth thing. So it created a very unstable type of attachment with the child. So the child, that's where the anxiety fills in. The child feels, fears abandonment. They fear being left. They fear being rejected. And over time in their relationships, when they get older, it basically shows in the relationships, they become clingy, they become needy, they end up running partners off because of that constant need of feeling validated, feeling emotionally close, feeling like, you know, prove to me that you're not going to leave me, prove to me that, that you love me, show me that you love me. Now, anxious people have very poor boundaries and people can see that. That's why it's so easy to take advantage of someone who has anxious attachment style because people see that you need, if you're anxious attachment style, it's a needy thing. You need, you need, you need. That's codependency. You need, you need. It's not you want. And people can take advantage of that. People of anxious attachment style can be moody. They can be unpredictable. They can even be controlling too because they're trying to keep everything close to them for fear. Anxious attachment style is really internalized fear. Fear of losing people, fear of losing, you know, that that closeness, that togetherness. And it's it's, you know, it's something I can relate to because it was something that I had to overcome myself. Now, anxious people are the types that can connect through conflict. They tend to stir the pot. And admittingly, I can actually relate to that because I've noticed that about myself too, where it it, it kind of fed me because it let me know that the person cared. So I would kind of stir the pot sometimes because I needed that validation and Anxious people, they are basically, it's like I said, it's a fear-based thing. It's all fear. That's fear that comes out of them. That's fear that talks through them. And I'm so adamant on people becoming so emotionally independent, but in a healthy way, because anxious people, anxious attachments, that fear of being alone, that fear of being abandoned, it's very, very high. And going through my healing, glad I did it. Now, on a side note, you have a subtype, which is anxious avoidance. And that is where you have two different attachment styles connected as one. So you have someone who has avoidance and is anxious. So it's kind of like, it's I don't want to say bipolar, but it's it's kind of like hot and cold because their avoidance, they fear intimacy, they fear closeness, they fear getting too, too deep because the anxiety kicks in because they're afraid of getting hurt. They're afraid of getting close because they're afraid that they will be abandoned. They will be left. They will be hurt in the process. So you have to kind of configure those two because you have avoidance, you have anxious, but you also have anxious avoidant. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a big roller coaster with that one because you have two of the, the most opposite. And lastly, you have disorganized or unresolved attachment style. And people who are 
diagnosed under this particular attachment style are people that have unresolved issues. They have trauma that they have yet to resolve. They have yet to heal from. They have yet to really face. So they walk around with a severe case of PTSD. So people who are disorganized or unresolved attachment are walking triggers. Anything that reminds them of a trauma that has happened in their past pretty much makes them into what can be a monster, okay? And oddly enough, they will, if, if there's something that has happened that has reminded them of a trauma that they have spent so much time trying to forget or trying to walk away from without resolving it, they can go into extreme rages. They can become extremely argumentative. They end up reliving their past trauma. They end up living their life stuck in patterns. But the same patterns that have brought them to this point, the same patterns of the trauma that they have lived. Remember, these are unresolved issues. So instead of them facing these issues, they end up recreating the scene of what they have gone through in their past. People of disorganized, unresolved attachment style can develop a very big lack of empathy because remember, they're walking triggers. So their feelings and their emotions are pretty much shut off because they already fear having to even deal with what it is they have gone through in the past, even though they're consistently recreating it themselves. They dissociate or, you know, numb to avoid pain. They can become extremely aggressive in their actions. They can be narcissistic. They can be very antisocial. They can be they have no regard. They have no regard because they're too busy trying to avoid what it is that they have endured, though they are creating it at the same time. You understand? It kind of sounds like an oxymoron where you have someone who has unresolved issues from their past. And instead of facing it, because they have a fear to, instead of facing it and really working through it so they don't end up recreating the same cycles over and over again in their future, they just kind of brush it under the rug and in a sense, pretend like nothing happened, I'm fine. And they walk with that mask. So they pretty much live in denial. They live in denial because they don't want to face the trauma itself because it just brings back memories. It brings back old feelings. It brings them to a place where it makes them extremely, you know, like if you, if you've experienced trauma and you, you know, you, you remember certain things, it'll bring you to that place, to that dark place. But the reality of it is, is that they're going to enter that dark place no matter what, because they have unresolved issues. They're recreating patterns. They're creating dysfunctional relationships People of this type of attachment can be in abusive relationships where they are the abusers. They have no regard. They don't care about rules. Criminality is, is big on that. And they have substance abuse problems. Well, these are the four types of attachment styles. And if you can resonate with one of the four, depending on which one it is that you resonate. I mean, we obviously know that 
secure attachment, you're pretty much good. You're pretty much set. You don't have anything to worry about. But any of the other three, obviously, clearly, there is an issue. There is a problem. And it all started from our childhood. Now, are we responsible for that? No, we're not. But, but as we get older, as adults, we do know right from wrong. We do know healthy from toxic. We do know differences. And as an adult, we need to really recreate ourselves, especially if we suffer from any of the other three attachment styles. When I learned about my codependency issues and I learned about my anxious attachment, I took it upon myself to get the proper help that I needed. I took it upon myself to work on my self-love, to work on what my issues were, what my inner issues were. And I took it upon myself to create my own emotional independence. I remember a time where I was afraid that I was going to be alone forever. And I was afraid that people were going to leave me. And I was afraid of, you know, the person that I loved was just going to abandon me. And I took all of that. I took all of that and I worked on myself and I got the help that I needed for it. And now I've been, listen, I've been walking alone and, and doing things on my own. And you know what? Autonomy is great. It really is. My emotional independence is great. My self-love is great. My self-appreciation is great. Regardless of whatever attachment style you have, out of the the three that are obviously abnormal, there's still time and there is still a way to get through all of it. As long as you are willing to get the proper help that you need, as long as you're willing to come to terms with it, admit to it, and actually work on yourself, do the inner work. The inner work is what's most important. And it'll really show on you too. It will really, really, you'll be able to emit that to the point where you have so much more coming to you. You have so much more positivity and you have so much more appreciation for yourself, of yourself. So just keep that in mind, guys. But you know, if you, like I said, if you guys want to learn about your attachment styles, if some of these seem familiar to you and you want to look a little more into it, there are plenty of sites for it. Well, guys, I do hope the video was informative. I do hope you enjoyed it. And if you do resonate with any of the abnormal attachment styles, it's never too late to get help for it. It's never too late to start working on yourself. That's where it begins. Once you come to terms and you actually admit to yourself, then you can start doing the inner work. That's the important thing. All right. So I hope this video helped. If you have any questions, leave me a comment in the comment section. I'll be more than glad to answer. And if you have any testimonies, I always look forward to those too. All right, guys. So I'm going to be working on my next video and... Until next time, I'll be speaking to you guys soon. Namaste.